With new technologies set to change the operating structure of our supply chains, is 3D printing set to be a huge game changer? Should you ignore the possibilities of this technology at the risk of losing competitive advantage in your marketplace? Or is now the time to change your strategy and adopt this technology? Dr. Rob Martins, Principal Lecturer in Supply Chain Management and Consultant at 3D Strategies, has conducted extensive research into the rise and development of 3D printing as a disruptive innovation, a technology that is not for the future, but soon will be displacing established companies. In this first podcast in the service for 3D printing, Dr. Rob Martins offers us insight into the beginnings of 3D printing. Dr. Rob Martins, can you give us some um, information on when 3D printing technology came about? Yes, sure. Um, there's some different discussions about who invented 3D printing uh, originally, but um, the mainstream thought is that um, already back in 1983, an American gentleman called Charles, he's typically referred to as Chuck Hull. So Chuck Hull is a person that uh, developed 3D printing um, after office hours, actually, he was a bit of an inventor working for a company, he invented all kinds of things and sometimes his manager was interested and sometimes he wasn't. And he was in need of a, a technology that would help him to create prototypes faster and cheaper. Typically prototypes cost a lot of money. If you want to change, you need to wait, uh, wait again. He wanted something fast. And actually he was looking at the traditional inkjet printers and I thought, now, if that instead of ink could be plastic, could I make a machine that could make a product, build up a product layer by layer? And that was back in 1983. Um, Chuck Hull created uh, the first uh, ever printed 3D part and they called it at the time stereolithography. And in 1984, the first patent was filed. Later, Chuck Hull uh, started uh, 3D systems, company still existing. Um, a manufacturer of 3D printing uh, equipment. So it's quite an old technology, actually. That's quite interesting to realize that it's been around for a few years. So on that basis, can you explain a little bit more about what 3D printing was originally designed to achieve or do? Yeah, so the aim was rapid prototype. And actually the technology at the time was referred to as RP, rapid prototyping. You might still see this term being used in, um, um, in documentation or in all the research, rapid prototyping. And that's what it's been used for for many, many years. The car industry used it, the medical industry used it, the uh, aircraft industry, and the market was kind of controlled by two or three main players. Um, and it was only rapid prototyping. But then at the end of the 2000s, um, a number of uh, main patents expired. And that gave uh, way for smaller startup companies to start producing 3D printers. There were even uh, companies that made 3D printers that could re replicate themselves. They were called rep wraps. They could even print a 3D printer. Can you believe that? So all of a sudden, these, these machines that, the, because of the patents, they were at a very high price, but you know, big automotive and, uh, and aviation companies could afford it for, for prototypes, suddenly they became available to the do-it-yourself movement. And people started posting 
designs on the web. And more and more, the technology became mainstream. And that's where we currently are. The, the technology has moved from prototyping to actually producing parts for, uh, for real use. That's fascinating to hear that um, the technology has moved on in that time. Um, so if we think about 3D printing and its applications, you've, you've touched on a few points in a few of the sectors that are starting to really utilize it. Um, what are they utilizing it for now? Is it it's not just prototyping anymore or is it still prototyping? Oh, it definitely still is prototyping because 3D printing or additive manufacturing, as it is officially called, you add layers instead of subtract materials, you add it up. So hence the word additive manufacturing. Um, so it's still used for rapid prototyping, absolutely. But it's also used uh, to produce um, you know, very interesting things you would not necessarily think of. So let's first start, what kind of materials can you print? People often think like plastic. And yes, you can print plastic, absolutely, all kinds of types of plastic. You can print metal, metals like titanium, if you will. So, you know, very sophisticated uh, materials. You can print wood, you can print food, and you can even print human tissue. And more and more, you see machines that can combine different types of materials in, 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 one, uh, in one machine. So it's not just the, you know, the machine that can print uh, you know, the, plastic, the plastic dolls that you might see on, uh, on demonstrations. Yeah, you can do that, or a nozzle for your Hoover. But you can print very, very sophisticated aviation parts in high, uh, in, in high technology uh, metals. So we've moved from the simple plastic stuff to uh, uh, very, very complicated and uh, difficult to make parts. Now, what is it being used for? Um, give you an example. We have the space station. The space station has a 3D printer on board. And some time ago, uh, the astronauts, they needed a wrench of a certain size and dimension and they didn't have it. So they measured. Exactly, what do they need? They uh, gave some notes to uh, people back in Houston and said, this is what we need. They made an electronic design, sent it over to the space station. They printed that tool and could do the job. So we're printing in space already. There's printers on uh, our naval vessels. There's printers, uh, Maersk, for example, is equipping uh, their ships with printers so they can print parts on board while the ship is sailing. Um, there's people who print chocolate, all kinds of chocolate cakes and shapes uh, made, to, um, uh, made to order. And uh, in Holland, two years ago, a restaurant opened that is 3D printing food. Um, the hearing aid industry has completely moved for 99% within a three year period from artisan, artisan work, where every hearing protection uh, unit was manually made to units that are now made through 3D printing. We've seen people having 3D skulls, part of the skulls replaced with 3D printed parts. Um, so it is everywhere in every industry and even the fashion industry is now uh, uh, has now adopted 3D printing. I've seen recently seen somebody 3D printed a dress. It was still, you know, try out, but could happen, but 3D printed shoes and glasses, spectacles, are already there. So it, um, the application is uh, much wider than most people think. That's fascinating to hear. I think um, 
there'll be quite a few of our, our listeners that will be surprised to hear that it's it moved on so much further than just the plastic prototype. Mm -hmm. So um, just touching on some of the points that you've mentioned there, there, quite, there are quite a few um, industries that are leveraging 3D printing technology capabilities. Do you think they're going to be in a position to continue to do that and they're going to gain market share by just thinking a little bit more laterally about using 3D printing? Well, you can see that there are a couple of front runners. And, you know, interestingly enough, I would say the biggest industrial front runner is probably the oldest industrial company in the world, General Electric. General Electric um, has quickly recognized the opportunity of 3D printing. So the freedom of design, uh, reducing, reducing weight, reducing material uh, usage, for very complicated technologies. So, so GE has actually acquired uh, a number of 3D printing manufacturing companies and they've built up their own division where they 3D print all kinds of difficult to make uh, co components for their different business units. So they even have a 3D printing division yet, you know, and that, that is remarkable. Other users are NASA, um, uh, Boeing, Airbus, BMW, so um, it is definitely uh, becoming, you know, I would say the, the big companies, most big companies have already recognized the, uh, the opportunities and the threats that the 3D printing can offer. And they have already made their strategies and are using the technology. My concern <laughs> mostly is, is with the medium-sized companies who still think that 3D printing is just printing plastic uh, widgets and they don't really see the opportunity and on see the track. That's fascinating to hear about, uh, Dr. Martin, that so many organisations are already looking to this technology as well. Mm. There's some great insight that you've given us today, Dr. Rob Martin, and I really thank you for that, too, for, for giving us our understanding of the different industries that are already starting to use 3D printing, and certainly the different materials uh, that are being utilised certainly taken us away from the traditional perspective of 3D plastic prototypes being the limitations for 3D printing. So I'd like to uh, close off today's podcast. Thank you very much for your time to record this for us and ask our members to continue to listen to future pod podcasts that we've recorded with Dr. Rob Martins, but it'll give you further insight into 3D printing capabilities.